0: Hi, and welcome to Bloody Good Screens, our film version of Bloody Good Reads. Uh, Today's guest I am very, very honoured to have on the podcast. We don't have much time with him, so we're going to try and find out what his Bloody Good Screens are and a little bit about his new book. So today's guest uh, has a brand new autobiography out now, which is Confessions of a Puppet Master. You would know him from that title. He is the man behind Full Moon movies he is the man behind puppet master ginger dead man and more awesomely crazy mental movies <laughs> which i'm sure we'll talk about a bit more on the, on the podcast welcome to the podcast charles band
1: well thank you very much it's it's an odd uh, those two franchises are kind of an odd <laughs> summary of my uh, 40 odd years making hundreds of weird movies but uh, i'll take it
0: but, it, but you've, you've done some some amazing movies over the years, some some really over-the-top kind of B movies, some amazing kind of bigger movies as well. So you've had quite quite a, quite a varied career, 300-odd produced movies, if I'm right.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, <laughs> I think it's 350, but a lot, a lot of movies going back to the 70s, starting with movies like Tourist Trap and Laser Blast and then Parasite and Demi Moore and Ghoulies and... Metal Storm and from Beyond and Reanimator and Troll. That's in the 80s. I'm kind of going by decade. Then of <laughs> course Puffin Master, uh, Subspecies, Transers. Uh, there's just uh, too many. And then Leo you know, later on, the Evil Bong and Ginger Dead Man and all the rest of them. So it's uh, yeah, it's a full palette, and we're we're not slowing down. We have 18 features planned for next year. So we're Jesus uh, Christ. <laughs> so, yeah, it's and that was sort of the more difficult challenge of Suddenly, with a little downtime because of COVID last year, writing this book because mm. you know we finally wrapped it up at the end of last year, and there's you know the whole you know sort of approval process. It's published by HarperCollins. It actually comes out on the 17th of November uh, mm. here in the states. So it's uh, it's on pre-sale now all over the place on Amazon. And so yeah, it's like uh, now there's so much has happened already this year, and I'm, I regret it's not in the book. But I guess that's just going to keep happening. You know, life moves on.
0: So you do have a really interesting story with um, Corona Zombies, which made me actually laugh out loud um from the right at the start of your book and the kind of the process of filming like the Barbie and Kendra movies.
1: Right. Um
0: so you managed to get quite a lot done even during COVID. <laughs> really we did, because
1: you can't it's very it's very hard to slow down, and and we kind of sort of invented or reinvented a way to still um you know have some fun even with the horrible pandemic because you know a lot of people were doing really silly things you know and of course a lot of people had a lot of trouble but uh, I figured you know let's let's find a way to craft some movies wh- without having to endanger anyone or go to location so yeah corona zombies we literally shot it on the eve of the pandemic uh, the day of the lockdown here in Los Angeles back in February so uh the formula was kind of fun you know there's these ditzy girls Are sort of discovering what you know COVID is, what all the restrictions are. They're bummed out that they can't go out and party, and they're in the meantime they turn on their TV, which is what we all did. There was very little else to do but stay glued to your tube. And in the case of Corona Zombies, they found a channel, a really low rent sort of horror channel, that uh, featured a movie about this. kind of a zombie attack and and what we did much like what's up tiger lily the the, uh, woody Allen film Mm. is we we took off the soundtrack of this old zombie italian zombie movie and we replaced it with some funny contemporary dialogue and music and so you know the girls are watching this and reacting and then of course cutting to all the bizarre stuff going on at that time and um yes there is a corona zombie that invades the house and we can't resist that so all in all it was (laughs) fun exercise and then we continued that summer with uh, barbie and kendra the two characters uh they saved the tiger king because of the whole tiger king phenomena mm-hmm. and after that barbie and kendra um uh blow up or i forget my own title how do you like stormed,
0: that for area 51
1: yeah storm yeah. area 51 thank you there thank you so um yeah these were fun to make because again they relied on um old material that we sort of repurposed and the girls reacting. So the actual shoot time for each of those movies was one day. only one day we had to brave uh, COVID and masks and all the rest of it. Otherwise, everything was done from everyone's home. The voice actors, the music, the mix, Mm. you know, all that was done uh, as everyone was, uh, you know, staying at home.
0: So what got you into horror in the first place? What what was it about kind of the horror genre that kind of well, I know, I, do I grew this, up basically.
1: yeah I, I grew up on a movie set basically. My dad made movies, and one of the early films that I remember that he made um, it was called Face of Fire with Richard Widmark. It was a scary. Um, I mean, again, I was really tiny, but of course he put me and my brother in this movie, and I remembered you know how cool it was in a way and the makeup. And I think somehow that early experience. We shot it in Sweden. He shot it in Sweden, but the whole family was there. And then staying up late at night back in the late fifties as a little, little kid, uh, looking at movies like the original Frankenstein and the mummy, and you know, those experiences are, are, were so magical. And i found over the years, with so many people who've watched my movies, I've heard literally hundreds of similar stories that, you know, people would say, gosh, I remember that I, I was probably too young, but my mom and I, we went to the store, we rented puppet master. And it's such mm-hmm. a memory of watching that movie with my mom. and." I've, I've heard that story, different variations, literally hundreds <laughs> and hundreds of times. So I think, you know, it was an early on thrill ride, really the, you know, I stayed up with my dad to see Frankenstein, you know, one in the morning for a little kid. I was probably six or seven and, you know, just, and I'll talk about Frankenstein. Cause it's one of the ones I do want to talk about. I don't want to mess up your, your rhythm over there, but, yeah. uh, I think the early diet of those movies and as a little kid moving to Europe. Uh, I grew up in Rome, Italy. You know, I was a few years old, we went to Rome and that's kind of where my dad made movies and I grew up on movie sets and somehow the horror sci-fi, you know, um, component made the whole thing really exciting. I was really into those movies and they're very hard to find too cuz unlike today where you uh, can watch uh, movies at will, you know, there's a thousand different ways to find a film. You know, back in the day there was you know, there was no chance, you know, especially if you were living in Italy. You know, where even here, you know, you would have to look at some revival house, maybe see once a year some reissue of an old universal horror movie or stay up late night at night and watch it on a local television. You know, there was no, you know, just deciding, hey, I'm going to watch this and pushing some buttons and then you're watching the movie. Mm.
0: Well, let's let's go straight into it then, because obviously you mentioned Frankenstein. Um, I'm assuming it's one of your choices. So what is your first bloody good screen?
1: I I think it was, I'm not sure if it was a scream, but it was something that really, you know, I'm the, the shock effect, even today, uh, well done as it may be. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sort of jaded and not very, it's like, okay, I've seen enough of this, but when it gets under your skin, you know, when you see a movie in this case, as a little kid, the concept, because you are just beginning to understand life and death and all that stuff. And then the idea of somebody stitching together body parts. And then with some hocus-pocus magic and electricity, that creature comes alive was absolutely not just terrifying, but also really like, it was like, wow, that's an incredible, I wonder if that can really happen. It's just, you know, far better than just, you know, some sort of shock value boo. You know, the boo thing is is fun, but that when it gets under your skin, then it's a whole different experience. So that's for sure what did it for me with
0: Frankenstein. So let's talk little bit about we have to talk about puppet master because it's obviously <laughs> right. the, the series is huge and it's been going for such a long time it's still so so popular i mean it, did you yeah. ever think like starting from like puppet masters the first puppet master maybe do you ever, ever think it would get this far and so no popular. you
1: know you always hope in us you know we, we operate in a very you know low budget and and you know we don't have theatrical releases and we can't rely on any star power so when you have a movie that resonates, that is popular on, on our level. It's great to be able to go back and make a sequel and, and just, you know, explore all that because you already established the characters and the, the effects, you know, and, but no, no, no one, I never thought this would be, I mean, if I really felt that this would go on for over 30 years, I probably would have plotted out a more cohesive, uh, you know, arc story arc, because we kind of winged it every time, you know, the second one was contemporary. And then we went back to world war. Two And so, yeah, you know, that's sort of all over the place, but it's a cool body of work. And, you know, we stuck to our, uh, stop motion animation, uh, rod puppetry guns, you know, didn't do any CGI. I'm not a big fan of CGI. Mm. So these, these effects are all organic and, and when they work, I think they work uh, really well. And, you know, back to the book, which I'm proud of, and it is, you know, the story of ups and downs and all sorts of madness for all these years uh i, I kind of think the title <laughs> makes sense <laughs> it is confessions of a puppet master and uh yeah there's a lot in there that um i think will give people an idea of what it's like to you know from ground zero um you know try to stay alive in a in a, in a business that you know combines art and and obviously mm-hmm. commerce it's uh it's a tough one but whatever you're doing music uh art, uh, movies, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to do that. And the book kind of, you know, gives you a lot of thought, I think as to, I mean, there's, there's a lot of the bottom line is you just got to persevere and move forward and you got to get up every morning, like a good soldier and, you know, through thick and thin, but, uh, it could be any business. You, you could take this book and just invent a different, you know, theme. And it's the same story It's the story of, you know, what it takes to be an entrepreneur and start off and make 8 million mistakes, which I did. I had no formal training, you know, graduated high school, couldn't wait a second to start making movies and no business training. You know, just (laughs) jump in and and hope for the best.
0: So let's go, so now I haven't got you for long, so I'll I'll get on to the uh, (laughs) next bloody good screen. What is your second bloody good screen choice?
1: Well, you know, I'm, I don't want to completely delve in the past, so I'm going to move forward um, to The Exorcist, which again was, I mean, of course, I had read the book and I, I thought, well, you know, the movie's going to be pretty cool, but like most books, it's just, you know, m- most adaptations, I, I had no idea uh, just how terrific that film would be. And there were, you know, I was, like one of the first guys, the opening night, it was in Westwood here in Los Angeles. And even though I know these tricks because of William castle and studying the genre, when I pulled up to the theater and got out of the car, you know, to have an ambulance there and paramedics, you know, in case people fainted, I mean, the vibe was already really scary. I mean, not so much scary for me personally, but I I really loved the showmanship and, you know, it created a vibe, but there were people in that audience that were definitely, uh, ready to bolt out of there. And during that screening, um, there were probably, I don't know, half a dozen people who, uh, a couple people screamed, a couple guys screamed, the woman, and they, they ran out of the theater. I mean, people did run out of the theater at a certain point. So, you know, that vibe it's, it's so different today in a way, when you see something at home with your family or your, your mate. And yes, if a movie is well-made, it can be very, very effective. But when you see a movie in an audience of 800 or a thousand people and you know, it does its job. If it's a scary movie or a comedy, there's, there's a, there's a, you know, an excitement that really, really, really permeates. So, you know, I was lucky to see The Exorcist the first time at its premiere pack theater, people screaming, ambulances outside. Plus it's an incredibly well-made uh, movie.
0: No, it is a classic, absolutely classic, and it's, it's the second time now that it's been mentioned in the podcast, so um very popular pick as well, <laughs> so definitely <laughs> great choice in that one. So the creation of Full Moon, what was kind of your your thought back, did you always want to kind of have your own kind of film production company?
1: Well, I, I did, but I had a company for many years before called Empire Entertainment or Empire Pictures, so I made starting in the early eighties, you know, a whole bunch of movies, a lot of them did play limited theatrical release. Again, the, the ghoulies and troll and eliminators and reanimator and from beyond and dolls. And <clears throat> we had a really good run. The problem is um, I was involved with a bank and, and various financiers and towards the end of the empire era, um, the, I was sort of, I'm not sure force is the right word, but highly, uh, suggested that recommended to distribute other movies to kind of fill up the distribution pipeline. So whereas Empire started off to be a, a place for my movies, mm-hmm. um, it, suddenly I was sort of beholden to people who, you know, had us distribute films that were not the type of movies I wanted to make. And then it became, you know, it just got out of my control and finally it made no more sense. And I came to an agreement with the bank and the one partner, and I walked away, I, I, I kept some of my movies and some of the projects that were under development, but I vowed that uh, whatever I just do next will be a company where I won't have that problem and I won't uh, take any loans. Uh, I'll just make movies. If I can afford it, I'll make 20 movies in one year. And if I can't, I'll make two movies, mm-hmm. but I would make the movies I wanted to make. And so I luckily came up with a name that I think really works to this day, <laughs> it's full Moon. And yeah. you know, in nineteen ninety, the first movie was Puppet Master, mm-hmm. it had a really good deal with Paramount at the time. And in those early, early days of video exploiting exploding, we were making a movie every month uh, and mm-hmm. and doing really innovative things that no one did, like the video zone, a video magazine that you had to find at the end of the tape. This mm-hmm. before DVD and all that stuff happened. So, you know, the fan base grew and and I'm proud of all the movies. We did crossover. Shows which I like, you know, we had a series called Dollman, demonic toys, and we made Dollman versus demonic toys. <laughs> and, you know, just uh you know, had some fun in those early full moon years.
0: Cool. And you've done and you've done really well with it. I mean, you've got full moon features as well, which is the, the streaming service. What do you call it? Right. It? Yeah. Yeah. Um, over here on you know on um, Amazon Prime, it's all there as yep. well for full moon. Yep. Um, so it's gone, you know, you've done, you've done amazingly well with it, and it is movies for people like myself who like a bit of a little bit of trash a little bit right? of serious. And sure. you know, me and one of, my, one of my my fellow like podcasters, we do the film podcast with. Um, she's also a huge fan of these kind of films, and it's quite a nice release and it's quite a nice way of kind of chilling out and not being too serious with your horror, which is just fun. right, yeah. You know, well,
1: I'm and a lot of the movies I made are definitely not, you know, cookie cutter. I, I I prefer something unique and different. So, even though these may not be the most popular movies, you look look at a movie like Head of the Family, you know, or Hideous, or these are mm. films that are definitely a little bizarre, but you know, laced with dark humor. They're they're character driven, and you know, they they stand the test of time. So, and it, on Full Moon on our you know streaming side, you know, you can go. It's, we have an app. It's FullMoonFeatures.com. You subscribe to that. You can watch it on your Apple TV or Roku, or you can, you know, subscribe to our site on Amazon, which is also Full Moon Features. Difference is Amazon, they've been an amazing partner. Some of the more weird exploitation fare, they don't want us to put up. Mm -hmm. Uh, So stuff that we've licensed, you know, Euro trash movies, all the bizarro films uh, are are a little more limited on Amazon. Whereas Full Moon Features, uh, we know we can put anything up we want within reason. So, you know, it's a choice, but, um, you know, these are all exploitation movies. I mean, yeah, maybe more horror than anything else, but horror, sci-fi, fantasy, you know, these are all exploitation films.
0: And now we've only got a couple of minutes left, so let's jump straight into your third bloody good screen. What is your third film you brought along today?
1: (laughs) You know, there's so many, I I just, (laughs) I have to say again, you know, subscribing to something that's clever and something unexpected, Uh, it would be the sixth sense and the reason why i say that is because thank god my friends didn't tell me anything because a lot of people i i I hear their experience was spoiled because they were kind of tipped off Mm. what the movie was all about I, i had no idea and you know give me a good ride do something that's unexpected don't give me some cookie cutter thing that we've seen a thousand times and yes there are clever movies made where there's shocks around every corner and that's fun but that's sort of like you know, fast food fun. You know, if you want something that really gets under your skin, you know, do something really clever and creepy that you think about for a while. So I had that experience looking at uh, The Sixth Sense. I thought, wow, that, I mean, I had no idea. I honestly was just completely surprised, and, and I love that.
0: So I'm surprised it hasn't been picked already. <laughs> All the times we've been doing this podcast, I would have thought it would come up already, but no. Um, it's a good film really enjoyed it when it went its original run and I, I get what you mean it's it, if you told the ending it can slightly spoil it for you so yeah it always, it's, it's good to go in blind
1: yes uh, yeah I was lucky that way and you know more recently if we want to throw out a fourth get out it's another terrific movie that mm. absolutely creeped me out in different ways because I had and once again no idea what that movie's all about it just got better and better and better so you know I'm, I'm into those sort of films and yeah, I've seen all the Friday the thirteenth and Halloween, and you know the, all the stuff that we've all seen. And a lot of that is kind of fun, and y- you know you jump a little bit. But uh, none of that, none of that, none of those movies are as creepy and as, satisfied, as satisfying as, you know, I have to throw The Omen in there, even though it's kind of dated now. I saw it recently again. You know, there's these handful of movies that really um, you think about and and and. Mm-hmm surprise when you're at the theater so I'm I'm into all that and I I I appreciate so many people watching my movies over these years and and we're you know we haven't we haven't slowed down we we had a movie just get released called baby oopsie which I'm especially (laughs) proud of it's you know from the the demonic toys uh universe but Baby oopsie um is we we took a different approach and the leads we cast for that film uh, you would never think would be cast in, in a horror movie. And we went sort of against the grain and I think the, the movie really benefits uh, from that. So if you guys have a chance, go check it out. Baby oopsie.
0: Brilliant. I'm definitely checking that one out. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna do a podcast on that one. Um, uh, so your brand new book, Confessions of a Puppet Master, uh, it says yes. comes out on the 17th of November.
1: It does. And it's on pre-sale now and, uh, yeah, I, I think people will enjoy it. It's, uh, it, you know, it's not a treatise. It's not like a, oh, I'm sure people will say, gosh, I kind of wanted to know what it was like to be to make all the Puppet Master movies. Like, give me a little bit on every Puppet Master movie, and that's not what the book's about. There's already been wonderful books like It Came from the Video Aisle that other people have written about these movies, about Full moon movies, and, and and they're a little more technical and, you know, talking to you know the the producers the writers all the people involved in every movie this is more just sort of the journey of my journey of you know starting from ground zero and you know weathering good times and really bad times and <laughs> here we are in uh 2021 cool
0: uh i'm reading it at the moment it's actually um i've pushed it ahead of my, my reading list because i've got a lot to read on bloody reads so i'm <laughs> reading I love the the original the the, uh, the first story about the Corona zombies, and I'm really yeah. enjoying kind of you telling how, kind of how how hard your childhood was with the, with all the um, the illnesses you had. We had to keep coming into hospitals in Italy, and
1: yeah, um, well, you, you know, know. <laughs> to summarize some years of heartache, yeah, I I, I have near death sort of stuff as a little kid, and you know the upshot of all that, and it's kind of the theme of the book in a way because the book has some crazy stories in it. Mm. Uh, the upshot is, you know, when you go through something that horrific, and I don't think that really is why I love horror movies, but when, when you're when you're in that kind of situation, like these poor young kids who go off to war and see things that no one should be seeing, especially an 18 or 19 or 20 year old, it puts everything in perspective. You know, the drama that we see every day, people being upset about really ridiculous things, all of that, you know, it, it's just like, oh, Jesus, sorry, you, you know, you have to just... <laughs> just shake your head. So it sort of given it gave me a, um, a strength, uh, especially as I had failure so many times you know, along my trajectory here, making all these movies that, you know, it's, it's bad, but it isn't as bad as all that, you know, it doesn't compare <laughs> to what I went through as a little kid. So you just move on, you know, and then of yeah. course, people, some people are very lucky, they have nothing, you know, they have no misfortune. I mean, they may have good days or bad days, but they don't have anything Really horrific happened to them. I think most people are that way, and I think maybe that's why they love watching all these police shows and hospital shows and people dying. I mean, I'm not into those shows at all. I've been through it enough. I want to, I don't need to watch it, you know. Mm. Um, But you know, I've I've been on set because that's what I do, on so many of my movies, and there's always some issue that someone is incredibly unhappy about, or disturbed, or pissed off, and it's very easy just to come up and say, you know, dude, it's, um, uh, it's going to be all right. You know, don't worry
0: about it though. We'll get you a better costume. You know? <laughs> awesome. Um, I know we've had our time, unfortunately, I'm going to, to say goodbye. Um, so thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Um, uh, a pleasure. And, uh, yeah. Good luck with the book. You thank you. Yeah. Check the book out. Uh... It's,
1: uh, it's fun. And this was very, very cool. So good luck to you as well.
0: Brand new book confessions of a puppet master is out on the 17th of november and um, go check it out it's a really great read um really enjoying it at the moment working my way through it while working on some bloody good reads books as well um so yeah thank you again to charles band for joining us here on the podcast always good. find me over on instagram at bloody good reads on twitter goodreads uh, you can catch the film podcast over at Snakebite Horrorcast, and some reviews over at snakebitehorror.co.uk also huge thank you to our sponsor abominable book club uh they are the book subscription service that has been supporting us since the beginning of this podcast get 10% off your first box with the code bloody goodreads and you can check them out over at abominable book club at Cratejoy.com some great episodes coming up on Bloody Good Reads coming up as well. Uh do check out that we've got some coming up this week. We've also got this week our very late episode for Halloween on snake Boat Horror Cast. have been a bit delayed, but do go and check that out as well. Do leave and leave a like and subscribe over at Podchaser or over on, on iTunes as well if you can. It helps people find us on the podcast and helps people try and enjoy some of the stuff that we do here on Snape Boy Horror and Bloody Good Reads. So As always, thank you for listening. I've been your host, Michael Hart, and I'll see you.